You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Amen. So good to be standing here this morning to bring the word of God. Father, I thank you for your word. The entrance of your word, it brings light. It brings understanding to the simple. Your word. I just ask that you would just wear me as I speak your word this morning. That I will indeed be your oracle, declaring your oracles, O oh God. Speaking forth your heart to your people this morning. I ask that everyone who is here will be subject, O oh God, to the spirit of God that is at work in this place. In the name of Jesus, I usher in the kingdom of God into every life here this morning. Thank you, Father God. And I declare, let everyone who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit says to the church in the name of Jesus. Amen. So pastor has been speaking to us for, it's what, six, yeah, six weeks now on be sober, be vigilant. And I just thought to myself when he asked me to minister, he's busy in Rosebank this morning. He's hurt. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just going to jump into what God wants me to say. And then when you come back, you can continue. But I was amazed when I was waiting on the Lord and just, Lord, what would you have me say? And he continued with, be sober, be vigilant. And I'm like, oh, that's a first for me you know, to just carry on with what he's saying. It was exciting to me, but it also said something to me. It's like, hey, we're not yet sober. <laughs> it's like, where we still need there's some sobering up that is still required. And so this morning, I, I said to him, what, what's my mandate this morning? What are you saying? to your people that at the end of this meeting I can say I delivered what you were saying what are you saying be sober be vigilant and under that title be sober be vigilant he said to me I want my people to be sober enough to you know we've been dealing with oh when you are excessively drunk and he's saying be sober enough to know when the enemy is introducing some form of poison in your life. And poisons come in different forms. You don't need a whole lot of poison. Just a tiny bit of poison can take you from where you are, where God had ordained for you, the path you were supposed to be on. It can take you from that path to a completely different path. I'm going to read... 1 Peter 5, 8 to 11, because we have to read that scripture before we continue. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse, verse 8. All right, am I going to have it there? There we go. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, Seeking whom he may devour. Just hold on one second. A lot of times when I read scripture, I imagine things. My imagination is very active. So I'm just imagining this lion 
just walking. Picture with me, walking around, looking for whom he may devour. So as he's walking, he gets to Sunny, and he wants to devour, and she's not devourable. And so he moves on, and he keeps moving on. He's looking, who can I devour? Who is ready to be devoured? He's walking, looking for whom he may devour. Verse 9, it says, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Verse 10, suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Amen. And let's just read verse 11 just to finish that up. <laughs> Amen. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, what the Lord wants us to be so aware of is the fact that the enemy comes in like a roaring lion. In other words, when the enemy is coming, there is a sound. He makes his coming very obvious. You know that the enemy is coming. But he said to me, don't ignore the fact that he can come like a slithering snake. Don't ignore the fact that he can come in. Because you see, well, if a lion should come in here right now, we will scatter in this place. Amen. <laughs> because you know a, li a lion has just come in here. Of course, if a snake comes in and you saw it coming, you will also run. But there's a chance that you can be sitting here and there's a snake under a table covered. Or under your chair. <laughs> a lion will not be under there without you knowing. But it, it could be there and you have no idea that there's something there. And the Lord said, be sober enough. Not only to realize that the enemy, the lion, is looking to devour you, but be sober enough to know when the snake, when that serpent is slithering your way and just whispering something little. Genesis chapter 3, can we read that? Genesis chapter 3. It takes a little poison. It just takes him saying a little thing to change your direction. Amen. Genesis 3, from with the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And I stop here again. The serpent came to the woman and she did not realize because she wasn't sober enough. To realize that when he came and said, um, lady, has God, did God really say that this will happen? Did God say it? Now, it doesn't look like a lot has been said, does it? It doesn't look like there was anything too fantastic about him saying, did God, did God say has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of this garden? Did God say she should, we should not eat? They should not eat. Yes, he said. He said, but excuse me. 
Did, did God really say it? Do you know that there are certain things God has spoken in your life where the enemy comes to poison you with doubt? You were so sure you heard God. You were certain that this step you have taken is the step he wanted you to take. Am I talking to someone? Have you been there where you are sure I heard God? And then all of a sudden, there is this voice. You see, this poison can be through your thoughts. It can be the enemy coming and, and using someone and saying, ah, but are you sure, Brenda, that this thing you're about to do is what God is actually asking you to do? Meanwhile, you heard clearly. God has spoken clearly. And all of a sudden, he, she just comes to whisper to you, did, did, did God really say that? Uh, uh, this doesn't sound like what God said. I mean, the God that loves you, he loves you so much. Why will he restrict you? Why will he decide that you should eat from some trees and not eat from other trees, keeping from you? He says, did God say, has God said indeed, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Verse 2. Glory be to God. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. I think I'm just going to open. It's not moving as fast as I would like. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. I, I, I don't think I read that, where God said, you shall not touch it. He just said, don't eat it lest you die. When you start adding your own, God said, don't eat it, don't smell it, don't, you know, don't, don't look that direction, don't look at it in a certain way. He says, he says don't, don't, don't eat it, don't, don't touch it, don't, you know, lest you die. And of course, the enemy capitalized on it. Verse 4, quickly capitalizes. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. That's a poison. You will not surely die. When the enemy can convince you that what God said will kill you, when he convinces you that that thing God said is not good for you is good, he's setting you up. When he's giving you his word and he says, this is the direction I want you to go. And the enemy says, but you know you can go about it this way. There are many ways to get there. That's what he tells you. And then you decide, okay, I can follow this path. You're getting ready for something massive. You're getting ready to be taken out of destiny. Let's keep going. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Amen. Knowing good and evil, let's keep going. So when the woman's eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And verse 8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse 9. All of this happening was as a result of one thing. All of this happening was a result of, did God really say? The changes that has taken place now in your life is as a result of this little poison that was introduced to what God has said. This little thing that he just, he just cast a little bit of doubt in your heart, in your mind concerning the will of God. And all of a sudden, they were in this position that they find themselves. The Lord, the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Where are you? Verse 10. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. Amen. Because I was naked and I hid myself. Verse 11 says, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded, commanded you not to eat? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to me, whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done off eating what they were not supposed to eat. As a result of taking in the word of the enemy. Now I said to you earlier that when you find, when the enemy offers you poison and you eat the poison he has given you. What happens is that you are relocated from where God had placed you to a completely different path. If you look, I think it's verse 23. It says, and God, after God had in his mercy made something for them to wear and all of that. In his mercy, the Bible says, he what? He drove them out of the garden. Those people were in the garden. The Bible says they were supposed to tend it, keep it. They were living the life. Amen. They were in a fruitful place. They were in a place that was flourishing. They were in a place where there was so much to be enjoyed. They were in the perfect will of God. Now God has placed you in his perfect will. God has placed you. He has ordained you and he says, this is where I want you to be. This is a path I want you to follow. And then the enemy comes and just whispers, you are not the kind that should be enjoying this benefit. Do, have you looked at yourself? He comes and he whispers a little bit of doubt, of insecurity, of fear. Whatever it is that is that poison, he, he, he gives you to eat and then you receive it. Why? Because you are not sober enough to know that this thing that has been introduced into my life is poison. And because you consume this poison, what happened? The next thing, you were taken from where you were and relocated outside of the garden. What are you eating? What are you consuming? What is he introducing? Read a scripture, if you can put it for me. 2 Kings 4, from verse 38. 2 Kings 4, 
38. Glory to God. Second Kings 4. And Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. Now the sons of the prophet were sitting before him, and he said to his servant, Put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. Verse 38. So one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered from it a lap full of wild gourds and came and sliced them into the pot of stew, though they did not know what they were. Verse 41, uh, 40. Just keep going until I stop. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Then they served it to the men to eat. And it happened as they were eating the stew that they cried out and said, Man of God, there is poison in the pot. I'm, I'm not sure where we are right now. Man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat it. Hallelujah. The man of God, Elisha said, they were having what maybe we'll call it a conference, eh? prophetic conference. And, and he said to one of his servants, go and make me a pot of stew for the men of God to eat afterwards. Go and make me stew. And, they, and, and the servants sent other servants out and went and gathered. You know, just think of whatever stew, vegetable stew, minestrone, whatever. So they were gathering their carrots and their, you know, onions and leeks would usually put in the stew. Every week, you come here, you receive word that is stew that is being cooked daily, and you eat of it. And then someone had a bright idea. And he decided, I want to flavor this soup, this stew, just a little more. Uh, I, I just want to give a unique taste to this stew. And he gathered up, you know, wild, uh, the Bible calls it gourd. I think it's like cucumber, whatever it is. And he took it, sliced it, and added it to the stew. And when he added it to the stew, what did he add? He added poison. Excuse me, I don't know what poison they're adding to your stew. You're receiving the word, and then someone has a bright idea and says, but you know, you can also add this. This also sounds good. You bring in all kinds of doctrines. You bring in all kinds of things that God is not saying. And you say, let, let, let me add this. It will make it sweeter. But I like what the Bible says as you continue to read, because this thing is not cooperating. But as you continue to read, you will find that they cried out, man of God, there is poison. There is poison in the pot. Now, what I like about the fact that these prophets, those guys that were in the meeting, I like the fact that they cried out immediately. It tells me that they were sober enough. It tells me, because you know, some other people would have been eating and say, it just tastes a little different, but it's okay. So they're feeding you with new things. They're giving you things that you're not supposed to be eating. And you say, I know it's, it tastes just slightly different from what I'm used to, but I think it's okay. I think I can combine it. Meanwhile, the enemy has just introduced a bit of poison into your life. 
How do they know? They know what I've been, I've been eating this stew for a while. I've been receiving this word for a while. This addition is not of God. And he's going to kill me. This addition, you need to be watchful what the enemy is adding to you. What is he adding to your pot? What is he adding? What is he introducing to your pot? If you are not sober, if you are drunk, anything goes. If you are drunk, whatever you are given to eat, you will eat it, lick the plate and die. You know, sometimes when you're drunk, for people that drink, you know, you need a few, maybe glasses, before you are thoroughly drunk, hey? Because you know you can boast, I've got a good head. <laughs> Strong. It's interesting, you know, there's, a, there's what we say or what they say. I don't say it, but I, I heard they say it. <laughs> when you go to a bar. I don't know if they still say it, but those days, when they ask you, what's your poison? <laughs> what, what, what's your poison? What's that thing that I can offer to you that will destroy you? What, what's your poison? And so because you've been eating this, you recognize it. You are sober enough. To know there's something the enemy is bringing. This feeling that I'm having. These thoughts that keep flying. This cannot be God. This is something different from what I've been consuming for a while. There's something off. Hey, be sober enough to know what is off. Say, study to show yourself approved. A workman that you need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we'll be aware when he brings in what he's not supposed to bring in. Can we go back? I think verse 39, we're not here yet. Hallelujah. I want us to see what happened. You know, da-da-da. I'll read again. So they went out into the field to gather um, herbs and found a wild vine and gathered from it lapful of gods, da da da, verse 40. And then they served it to the men to eat. Now it happened as they were eating the stew that they cried out and said, Man of God, there's death in the pot. And some uh, translations say there's poison in the pot. And they could not eat it. Verse 41. So he said, Then bring some flour. Hallelujah. Then bring some flour. And when they brought some flour, the Bible says he put it into the pot and he said, serve it to the people so that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot anymore. Hallelujah. You know what? When the enemy begins to serve some poisons, it is time for you to get some flour. Get the word of God. Locate a scripture. Locate the truth in the word. He's lying to you. You need to be able to locate the truth. Take that truth, that word that is like flour. You know, the word is wheat, is seed. Are you, are you following? By the time you blend it, that's where you get your flour. Take the word of God. The word of God is like seed. Take it. 
Throw it into the mix. Hallelujah. The word of God is able to consume, overpower, neutralize every poison. Every poison. Everything, every lie of the enemy. Everything he's speaking to you concerning your life, concerning your family, whatever it is he is saying, whatever it is he has added to the mix, added to what God has been saying to you, if he puts it in. And you find, I, I think it looks like I'm going to die from this thing. You find yourself, you're going away from where God, God, man of God, you were the one that, uh, Instructed the cooking of the stew, man of God. There is poison in the pot. You need to know when to cry out and say, there's something here. There's something that makes me, you know, I've, I feel like I've eaten something and after that I'm, I'm not able to pray anymore. You've, you've just consumed just a little bit of poison that has affected your prayer life, that are, has affected you from desiring fellowship. There, there, there's some poison. And you need to begin to cry out. Man of God, there's poison in this spot. There's death. And you need to know how to add the word of God. You need to know how to take the word and throw it into the pot. You need to know how to take the word and throw it to the lies of the enemy. Every lie, everything he has cooked up, everything he has concocted in your life. Maybe he has been lying to you for a while. For a while. Maybe he's been lying. You know, there's some poisons. Once you take it, that Goodbye. And maybe there's some, I, I don't know, I don't know this, uh, uh, maybe the doctor can tell us, you know, some poison that maybe is slow, is a slow killer, yes? There's some that are slow. And some, just take it and goodbye, yeah? So there's some of us that we've been taking in, he's been introducing, and, and see, my mandate is to show you that he's been introducing poison and you need to recognize that I've been eating to shout. You've not been sober enough to cry out and say there's something that I've eaten that has changed my life. There's something that I've eaten that has killed my passion. There's something that I've eaten that makes me not believe the word of God. There's something that I've eaten that makes me take the word that is coming with a pinch of salt that makes me just think, mm, maybe it's for this person. You have eaten something. But today, the word of God is coming to neutralize and overpower everything that has been eaten. When he introduces the poison of death, he, he starts threatening you with death. And you start believing, now I'm going to die. You better overpower it. You begin to tell him, ah, I'll be satisfied with long life. 
Hallelujah. He has come to give me life, an abundance of life. Hallelujah. You begin to locate scriptures for the different things he is saying to you. You begin to locate scriptures for the different kinds of poison. Because I believe there are antidotes to different types of poison, doctor. Yeah. So you don't just sit back and say, I've taken, you know, I've been fed poison, it's time to die. No, no, no. Locate the antidote. <laughs> Locate the antidote. Uh, yes, I've eaten it all right. Yes, I did not know. Because these prophets, they didn't know they were about to eat. They did not know. But they were sober enough to recognize when they had eaten it. And the right antidote for that poison was to put in flour. Amen. So you locate, what is the right, if he's there deceiving me and, and he's poisoned me thinking, you, you know, you, you are just living this life. You should just end it because, they, you, you know, there's nothing much really happening in your life. You're, you're, you're of no use, you know, you're not going anywhere. And you just go and locate the word and say, ah, the path of the righteous is like a shining light. My path is like a shining light. It gets brighter and it gets brighter and it gets brighter until the perfect day. Hallelujah. Ah, for I know the thoughts that he thinks towards me, says the Lord. They are thoughts of good, not of evil. They are to give me a hope and a future. So when he tells me that I have no future, I can locate the antidote and I will say he has given me a hope and a future. Hallelujah. Begin to recognize. Sober up. Stop having pity parties. Stop it. Sober up and realize that where you are right now, where you've been relocated to is not where you should be. Sober up and even ask yourself, what brought me here? What did I drink? What did I eat? What did I agree to? Glory be to God. You know, I was reading the scripture and I was looking at this guy that we all know. And I thought, sometimes you can be poisoned without knowing you're taking him poison, right? Someone can poison you. But I looked at this guy and I realized that there's some people that know what they're eating. You know that what you are consuming will take you away from your destiny. You know that what you're taking, what you're eating, it cannot, it, it cannot, surely it cannot be that God is one feeding you. And maybe your reason is, uh, I'm strong enough to, to, to take this. Amen. I've, you know, my head, I, I, look, I can drink a whole bottle of gin. <laughs> Gin, right? You know? Yeah. I know that it sounds like, oh, she doesn't even know about alcohol. I know. A little. <laughs> Just a little. And it was long ago. <laughs> very, very long ago. You might be deceiving yourself feeling, I, I have the head. I can, I can mix light and darkness. 
I, I, I can mix this thing. I'll, I'll be okay. You know, I have so much trust in my ability. I have so much trust in my strength. I, I, you know, I, I, can, I can take it. You, you know, you are still coming up. You're, you're a baby Christian. That's why you find some ministers were doing stuff because we felt we can, we can take it. I will teach you a level of grace. That's the latest. When you call a sister to your house and say, I want to minister a level of grace. <laughs> and you take her into your bed. You say, nothing will happen to you. There's a grace I'm walking in. There, there's a kind of power and anointing that I'm walking in that will not affect you. You, you don't know, it's poison. It's, it's poison. So this guy, I think is, is a Judges 16 or 12. Or, glory to God. Judges 16. Hallelujah. It says, Judges six, uh, 16. You see, I have to keep doing this. Thank you, Lord. There. All right. Now, Samson... So the man I'm talking about is Samson, Power, powerful man of God, anointed from the womb, so anointed that he just has his time with harlots, and he'll be fine. And he went, so we're going to read all the way to, I think, verse 21, let's just keep going. He went to Gaza, saw a harlot there, and went into her. When the uh, Gazatites or whatever were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night saying, in the morning when it's daylight, we'll kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight and he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two gateposts, pulled them up, bar and all. See, powerful man, <laughs> put them on his shoulder. And carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Verse 4. Afterwards, afterward he, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the Lord of the Philistines came up to her and said to, uh, said to her, Entice him, find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, and we may bind him to afflict him, and, and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. Can we pause there? You can't be that drunk. <laughs> that this person comes to you, tell, tell me how I can bind you. Uh, you see, I told you, some people get poisoned and they didn't know they were poisoned. Delilah was cooking the poison in his presence. And he was still ready to take it. To afflict you. Are, are you seeing? He says, how, how, Samson, tell me how I can afflict you. How drunk can you be? Drunk in your might. And Samson said, if they bind me, and that guy was playing. 
Because I told you, he had confidence in himself. Hey, He says, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, specifics, hey, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings. They brought it themselves because they were not taking chances. Seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room, and she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. Picture it. I like that picture. Just like, a shh, like nothing happened. So the secret of his strength was not known. Let me pause here. We'll go to verse 10 now. It's interesting that when Samson told Delilah, you need fresh strings to bind me. She didn't say, no, that doesn't make sense. It means it made sense. It means that was strong enough to hold any normal man. It means that was strong enough to bind a strong man. But except that one. Sorry? That's right. You see, we're preaching here. <laughs> Seven of them. He says, you can't, that, what he said used to bind me. He knew it was powerful. She knew it was powerful enough. That's why she didn't question him. Because if he, who are you playing with? This is serious business. So he wasn't even, he was giving her things that an ordinary man would not withstand. But he trusted in himself. And so he was eating the poison. He says, I know my strength. You know, when you get up and you go where you're not supposed to go, he says, I know my strength. <laughs> I, I know what I, I can, you know. You, it doesn't matter. Just be walking around naked. You will not entice me. Where you went to the wrong place. What kind of place did you go where they're walking around naked? <laughs> he said, no, I will not bend. I know my strength. I know my strength. Can, let's keep going. Then Delilah said to Samson, look, you mocked me. And told me lies. Now, please tell me what you may be bound with. So he said to her, if they bind me, excuse me, he knew what was happening. So it's not a case of he didn't know. He said, if they, you know your guys, the Philistines, you know those guys that have contracted you, well, if those guys bind me. Securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Therefore, Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men were lying in wait, staying in the room, but he broke them off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said to Samson, until now, you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. How can you say you love me, Samson? And you cannot tell me how I can kill you. <laughs> Cooperate with me, Sam. If you love me, allow me to kill you. Because that's what he was saying. How can you, how? She was saying, how? You're mocking me here. 
I'm supposed to take you out. There is money at stake. Why are you lying? Can you just tell me what, how I can defeat you? Tell me how I can kill you. Tell me how I can get this over with. Sam, don't you love me? Samson. That's what's deceiving some people. Because they're giving you sweet words. They're telling you things you want to hear. And then he said to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of the loom, and, and so she wove it tightly and the uh, baton of the loom, uh, with the baton of the loom, and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep, pulled out the baton and the web from the loom. Let's keep going. He just was plaything. Then she said to him, how can you say you love me when your heart is not with me, when you are not cooperating? You have mocked me these three times. You are costing me money, Samson. And you told me, uh, you have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. It was time. He had taken enough. He had been drinking. You know, initially when he was drinking, he was like, I'm, I'm cool, I'm cool. I got this. I got this. And she continued. That's how the enemy can be persistent here. He feeds you a little. He says that there's something that is keeping this person from fully yielding and continued. And as he continued, as she continued pressing in, pestering him, as the enemy continues to lie to you and you continue to accommodate. You see, how can you take fire to your bosom and not be burnt? You're constantly taking it in, associating yourself with it and saying, I will be okay eventually, and that's why the Lord is saying, I want you to be sober and vigilant enough to know when you are being poisoned. And I want you to be so sober that you, you do not rely on your own strength. You are not saying, I, I, I know how to do this. <laughs> then she told him, by that time she had fed him, he was drunk. Drunk in his own strength. Drunk in, in what he, he thought, you know. Because all this time he's been speaking what he has been saying and he's been succeeding. So he said, even if I tell her the truth, yeah. I'm still powerful. Yeah. 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 Even if, no matter what, if I tell her, there's nothing she can do. I'm still powerful. No razor has ever come upon my head. For I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb, if I'm shaven and my, uh, my strength will leave me and all of that. And I, I, um, if you go on, if you go down, because I know my time is almost up and I just started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know how pastor feels, hey? When we see Chryseka coming up. <laughs> <laughs> if you go down, if you keep reading, you will find that indeed, he was defeated. He was captured. And yes, God had mercy on him. Keep going. You see that eventually he was able to defeat them. But the truth of the matter is he had taken in enough for him to be totally deceived. Excuse me. Don't think that you are too smart or too big or too 
powerful or too knowledgeable or too anointed. You are, I'm so anointed. Nothing can touch me. The enemy, poison, he can't even come near. Deception, does he know who I am? He will come and he will deceive you before you even think twice. You are gone. Because you are ready. You need to watch out. I mean, did the devil not go to Jesus? Look, he's got audacity. He, he, he went and said, throw yourself down. You know what the Bible says? He will give his angels charge over you and all of those stories. And Jesus threw him to one side like, get, get, get off from here. You cannot tempt the Lord your God. Don't tempt God. Some of us can say, uh, it doesn't matter, I will drink deadly poison. I'll, I'll pick up snakes. I will jump off. Jesus could say to him, oh, you want me to show you my power? I will jump off this cliff now. I, I want to confirm the word of God. Learn how to flee from appearances of evil. Amen. Learn how not to entertain evil. Be careful for when the enemy comes to poison you against your fellow sister, your brother, your husband, your excuse me, even your husband, your wife. Be careful when he comes to feed you with lies. You know, Satan went to God concerning Job you know he had been going to and fro I can't open it now he had been going to and fro looking around Job's house looking for an opportune time but he wasn't getting it he had been working and God said where are you coming from I said from walking to and fro reminds me of that lion walking to and fro and God said have you seen my servant Job have you observed Have you seen my servant, Edith? Have you observed her? And the devil would be like, and the devil was like, mm, let me tell you the truth. Everything, she's using you, God. She's just using you. You need to understand that it's because of your blessing and your covering and all of those things. That's why she's serving you. That's why she's faithful. That is the kind of lie the enemy can tell to you. That is how he can poison you. She only loves you because, because there's a man of God that the enemy poisoned against his wife. He says she's a witch. Kenneth Hagin was telling a story about a, 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 a woman who was very sick and her husband called, you know, for her to be prayed for. And when he wanted to pray... Pastor has told this story, but a lot of you don't know it, so I'll repeat quickly. Tried to lay hands, and the Lord removed his hand. And so, the Lord gave him a vision. He saw. When he saw, he saw the lady, he saw a demon, like a monkey on her shoulder. And the monkey was saying to her, you, you know you're beautiful, eh? It's not a lie. You are beautiful. You know, you know you're beautiful. You, you know you can do better than that man, than your husband. You are, you are very, in fact, you are too fine. 
I haven't seen anyone that looks like you. And you are wasting your beauty in this house. And at first, flicked him off. And she kept doing that. Until eventually she was like, it's true. I'm really beautiful. The day she, the enemy got her was when she was not sober. The other time she was sober enough to say, I'm not taking this from you. Get out. The next time she was so full of her own beauty. She says, yeah, this man doesn't really deserve me. I'm fine. And that's how he convinced her. The moment she ate it in jest. And so she started living her life with different men. She even blasphemed against the Holy Ghost. And the Lord said to Kenneth Hagin, she will die. Don't pray for her. So the enemy succeeded in poisoning that woman. Lied to her. Told her she was better than where she was. Told her the man you are with, he doesn't deserve you. You are way, your class. Have you seen the class? I'm, I'm talking to you here because I know there's some people like that that could have that mind. You know, every time I look, I don't know. Have they, there's a man that I know that, you know, he was told, oh, didn't you check very well before marrying that woman? You are not the same class. Be aware. Don't, when it's boosting your ego, be aware. Be aware. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I think we need to stand up. I thank you for giving me extra minutes because you know I don't stand here all the time. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with 2 Peter 1, verse 5. There are things in your life, that pot, that stew that is being cooked, that stew that is being cooked, the ingredients that are going in, the, the pot of your life where things have been added. The base of your life, make sure faith is there. But he's saying, the only ingredients I permit you to add, don't add any poison. The only ingredients you should add. He says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Put virtue into your faith. Put it into your pot. Amen. Into your stew. To virtue knowledge. Hallelujah. Verse 6, to knowledge self. Verse 7, to godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. Those are the right ingredients. Those are the things you're supposed to add to your faith. Let's keep going. Those are the things you should put in there. You should be sensitive enough to know the things that should not be there. For if those things are in yours and are bound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of God. I'm going to stop now, you know. Begin to add the right things. Amen. I want us to just pray for a minute and say, Lord, make me so aware, sober enough to know when the enemy is introducing poison into my life. 
Make me aware. Make me so conscious of poison. It doesn't matter how it comes. It doesn't matter how tiny, how disguised it is. I don't want to rely on my strength. I don't want to feel I got this. Help me to see the lies, the lies of the enemy, the lies he has told me about me. Help me, oh God, to be sober enough and to use the right antidote for those poisons. Come on, I want you to pray now in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We thank you for sending your word to us. We thank you for opening our eyes. We thank you for opening our understanding, Lord God. Thank you for sending your word. Thank you for opening our eyes. Thank you for sending your word like rain, Lord God. Raining on our lives. Raining on our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you for sending your word. Thank you for sending your word. Thank you for sending your word in the name of Jesus. The entrance of your word brings light. You have brought light this morning. You have equipped us this morning. You have empowered us this morning. You have opened up our eyes and opened keys to excel, keys to rise, keys to stay stable, keys to excel in the name of Jesus. You have gone ahead of us, Lord God. You have seen what we need and you've spoken to us. Lord, thank you for the grace, the grace to be able to put into practice what we've heard this morning, to be able to apply it in each of our lives, our context and circumstances. Father, we thank you that you love us so much. You know what word to send us. Father, we bless you. Thank you for the testimonies which will come out of this time. They've started already and they will abound, Lord God. Multiple, multiple, multiple testimonies out of this moment. Father, we love you and we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.